Hello, and welcome to the MXU Worship Podcast hosted by Stephen Brewster. Each episode features great conversations between Stephen and all kinds of worship leaders, from the most prolific songwriters from prominent churches to folks you may have never heard of. Either way, we hope that these resources and conversations will encourage, equip, and empower you to be the best worship leader you can be. Make sure to follow and subscribe to this podcast, too, so you can stay up to date on all of our episodes and other resources. I love every one of the episodes that we get to do, but today I'm so excited for you to hear this conversation. I've been looking forward to talking to my friend Mia Field, and I think you're going to be blessed, challenged, and encouraged by this conversation. I am so excited to talk to my friend Mia Fields today. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. We what what most people don't know is we had to reschedule this like multiple times. And I'm just so glad that we're able to do it today because it feels like the right day for it to happen. Yeah. So you know, every, so, yeah. everything in, in good time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So most people, everyone knows who you are, but for maybe the one person who doesn't, okay, tell us a little bit about how you got started in music and where you're from. Cause you're not from Kentucky. No, I'm from further South than that. Uh, <laughs> um, actually, you know, you know, it is funny because a lot, lots of people don't know who I am. And I think that's the joy of being a songwriter. You end up being a little bit hidden, which is kind of nice, especially when you're ready to leave the building. Um, yeah. No one stops you, which is great. That's, yeah, um, that's the good part. Yeah. So, yeah. So um, I am, my name is Mia and I am from Sydney in Australia. And I, I got into songwriting. Well, my first song, I like to always start off with like, I'm proof that anybody can write a song and that you don't have to be like, you know, it's with like anything. You don't have to have all the pieces together. You just have to have like, you know, this desire to do something and feel like, yeah, God's in this and then to pursue it and like try and become excellent at it. You know, so I, I wasn't someone who had all the elements of songwriting. I really just was, I was quite good at lyric and that's about it. And then I played the euphonium, which is like a small tuba. And it's a very unhelpful instrument when you want to write songs. So right, yeah. Um, I actually had, yeah, just, it doesn't really work, but um. I, I got into songwriting because I just loved it, you know, and to be honest, I wasn't very good at it. So I, I just kind of kept at it. It was something that I, I loved so much. And to be honest, I felt like I wasn't that great of a singer. So I, so songwriting was a good backup plan. Yep. Um, and I just kind of worked on it and worked on it and worked on it. I moved to Sydney when I was 17 and started going to Hillsong Church, got involved in the worship team there and just started handing in songs. And I probably handed in 50 or 60 songs before one actually kind of you know was good enough to maybe use which I think is a great journey for any songwriter you don't really want your first song to be your big hit especially if you're not sure how to write songs yet right because then you're going to spend the next 20 years figuring out how to how to write a song you know um so I kind of started out there and then I was coming back and forward to America because I I wanted to find out if I was good at songwriting or if everybody was just maybe doing me a solid, like if I was just <laughs> a, a big fish in a small pond, you know? Right. Um, so I, I started coming back and forward to America because I'd been once and I'd met, um, I'd met three people at a worship conference that I was talking about songwriting at and they were talking about worship and it was Paul Belosh, Carrie Job, and um, the Desperation Band. 
So because that was the only people I knew, I reached out to them and I'm a big fan of doing things in relationship, not just cold calling random people you don't know. Right. But I reached out to them and I said, you know, if I came back to America for a week or two, would you guys want to write a song? So that was kind of the beginning of the journey of writing outside of, you know, my world in Australia. And I came back and I wrote some songs and then I started coming back and forward all the time. And then eventually that got really expensive. So I just moved here. <laughs> and <laughs> I'm still awesome. writing songs today. So but I got signed as a songwriter when I was like 18. So I'm 39 now, which I guess that's 21 years. So I'm not really wow. qualified to do it, do anything else. So I'm going to stick with it. I, I think you should because you're, you're really, really good at it. And we need, oh, you to, we need you to keep doing it because a lot of the songs we sing in our churches on Sunday, you've been a part of. Um, I love, I love that. Now, when you, you're, you also lead worship. So you lead worship here in Nashville at your church. I do. And what, like, how did you like, how did you navigate between I'm a songwriter, but I want to lead worship, but I don't want to be an artist. I just want to lead. I want to write songs and lead worship. You know, I think, um, I think for me, it was kind of easy I think I just didn't really believe in myself as a singer that much. So, you know, I I, I hadn't ever wanted to get up in front of a lot of people and sing because that felt really intimidating. But when our church started, there was only six people. Right. So um, our pastor, Henry, who was just a friend at the time, like was, you know, he was like, oh, you know, would you want to sing along with me this week? And I was like, yeah, okay, sure. For six people, I can do that. Right. So I turned up in, in like my my pajamas and I was like yeah I'll sing you know it's not that big a deal and I think that was like you know the kindest thing that Henry could have ever done for me because it was like you know for six people and then it was for 10 people and then it was for 15 people and it was for 20 people and people are like well but you came from Hillsong Church and you were singing at Hillsong Church like why were you so intimidated but the truth was is I never felt like I could sing that well so at Hillsong I was always kind of trying to write the song and then give it to the best singer Gotcha. Um, so that's kind of how I kind of navigated both, but, um, I don't know. I just, I never really wanted to get up in front of people and perform, you know, but leading worship felt so safe because it wasn't really for everybody else. Right. Even though you want to bring people in the journey with you, I don't know. It just felt less intimidating because I was like, well, God's not critiquing, you know, if I hit a bad note and God's not critiquing, you know, if, if I messed up a lyric or something like that. No, I want to get those things right. But if it's just for people to encounter the presence of God, well, then that feels like a little bit less, I don't know, less pressure. So yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Plus, you know, when you write songs, hearing someone who is amazing do one of your songs, I think that's that's its own joy, you know. So why right. would I why would I want to be like the star if somebody else can clearly do it better than, than I can? I think yeah. I've found a lot of joy in being like, I say like in being like a Jonathan, mm-hmm. you know, and like, asking David as the king, like, what do you need and how can I be an armor bearer? So I've loved that. That's awesome. Um, Okay, so you wrote, you just told us you wrote a lot of songs before you started feeling confident enough to like turn them in and start getting like, like feeling like it's working, right? Oh, no, I I turned in a lot of terrible songs. I was incredibly <laughs> confident. Oh, so you were super confident. Some, and you were just like, here they are. You know what? I was just bold, I think. And I was just like, I think because 
you know, when you first start out writing songs, you're so emotionally attached to it that you, like, you know, you had the feels when you wrote it, so you expect that everybody else will have the feels right. as well. So I would hand them in thinking, this is the great, this is the next anthem that's going to change the world. And it didn't even change one person's, like, mind on, on, it, on whether it was good or not. It was, like, usually <laughs> terrible. Um, gosh, if I sung you some of my first songs, like, it was, like, bad rhyme schemes, bad, bad themes. It was, like, trying to fit the whole Bible into, like, two verses, right. you know. It was, it was terrible. And, like, bad chords, bad melodies. But, you know, I think you get better by just, keep, like, keeping at it you know it's like right. a muscle if you're working it all the time you'll get stronger so yeah. to be honest like handing in 60 bad songs actually worked out well for me because it kept me working right. that songwriting muscle yeah it was the it was the 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 gym for your songwriting yeah career so i think a lot of churches run into the same thing they write songs for their local church and they think that they're really special and they're awesome and maybe they're not able to help people as much as they thought they think if you are talking to a, a local worship pastor right now who's they've just started writing songs for their church and they think every single one of them is like the next oceans what would you what would you do tell them to coach them through that you know i think um one thing that really helped me uh is is comparing it to the songs you're already doing in your church now if you're only doing your songs in your church because you think every song of yours is amazing, then cool. But like, I think comparing it to like globally, what is the church singing? And then comparing your song to that song. Like if you're doing, you know, let's take, for example, like, okay, let's take the Cody Khan song, Too Good to Not Believe. Like if we're doing that song at your church on a Sunday or we're doing Reckless Love or something like that, and then we're doing your song, Jesus is the King and we bring him everything, is your song gonna gonna hold its own next to one of those songs and I think like making sure that you've always got like a bar that you're reaching for is a really good thing because nobody wants to get in the pool with an Olympian and have a go you know right. but I think you can I think you can like develop that muscle and and get stronger and stronger I think you can put things around a song to make it great I think one of the scary things is that sometimes people will write a song that's not great and put so much production around it and then think it's great. Right. But I think you have to like, a good thing to do is like, you know, step away from it and just play it acoustically and see if it works. Um, you know, church is such a funny place because, you know, I've gone to churches where they'll say, you know, no, this song's amazing. Our church loves it. And I'm like, no, your church loves meeting with God and, and whatever, whatever you bring them, is going to be their vessel. So like right. they're desperate to meet with God every week. And if you sang Mary had a little lamb, they probably would find a way to meet with God because that's what they came there for. So good. But to, to give them something that is actually special, that's full of revelation, that's musically excellent, that's singable for the majority, like that's something that's really special. Um, I'm always thinking about my brother-in-law when I'm writing songs. You know, I think there's two extremes, you know, not, not thinking about anybody when you're writing it and then only thinking about musicians or, or singers. Um, but I'm always thinking about my brother-in-law. You know, he's been saved for, I think, six or seven years and he's a plumber and he doesn't like, you know, he's a kind of a quiet guy, doesn't like to kind of sing in public. You know, for him it would feel like a mass karaoke party right. and it's just so so not his vibe. So I'm always thinking about how can I give him songs that, you know, when he closes his eyes, 
it's easy for him to lean into the presence of God. And I think like that's something else that's really important with songwriting. Like, does it does it meet up to the standard of the other songs you're doing? And is this who is this for? Is it for the people or is it for like you to find an outlet for your for what you think your calling is or what you think your gifting is, you know? Because if it's just to find an outlet for your gifting, then I would maybe suggest save up your money and go and record an album that has nothing to do with, you know, serving the congregation. Right. That's so, so good. Oh my gosh. I'm sitting here taking notes and I can't take them fast enough. Um, <laughs> I'm like, I mean, I'm like sitting here jotting them all down. And I'm like, Oh no, I, I think I missed that goal. <laughs> um, okay. So um, you've written a lot of songs that, that people know and people sing. Do you have a favorite song? Like, do you have a song that means the most to you that you've written? Um, I think I- I think I have a, a song that means the most to me in every season, you know? Oh, that's good. Cool. Um, so, so much, of, like so much of what I write is like other people's journey and my journey. And so like I kind of look at it as like there are altars along the way. So there's some altars, you know, like I look back at a song like Tremble, that was an altar, you know. It was an altar yeah. for somebody else, you know, to like sing into their their struggle with night terrors you know and I look back and I at a song like yes I will and I and that was like my own personal thing of like I I was in a hard season but deciding to make a choice so I think it there's a different song in every season um that feels special yeah that's awesome do you have one right now I do, and it's so Are you funny not because to talk you never know. <laughs> oh, I mean, I can talk about it. It's just funny because you just never know what songs will work. Right. Um, I I have one song with this girl called Brinley Brown, who is just the most special, special human. And you know, it's 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 a it's an artist song, but it's incredibly worshipful. And it's a song called Miracle Story that I wrote with her and Mitch Wong, and you know. You, you can talk about these songs. You never know if they'll get recorded. You never know if they'll see the light of the day. But um, that song feels incredibly special at the moment, just with some things we've just walked through and seen a really big breakthrough in. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think, like, you know, I'm always writing my story. I often will write what I'm believing for instead of, you know, if I'm in a valley season, like a song like Peace Be Still. Yeah. Everyone's like, oh, my gosh, like it's such a great revelation of peace. And I'm like, well, I wrote the song in a place of incredible disappointment and chaos. Right. So it's, there's something to like speaking that which isn't as though it is, you know? So yeah, I think all those songs become altars along the way because of the confession that you made in faith, believing that God would do what he said he would, or believing that God would still the storm or believing that, that, you know, that God would come in and, and push back the darkness or that, you know, that moment that you was so difficult, but you say, you know what? Yes, I will. I'm going to worship you anyway. So yeah, I think there's one in every season. Oh, that's, that's so good. Um, we've had this conversation before and I, I don't remember if we agree on this or not, but do you think every church should write their own music? I don't know. I think, um, I think it's a great thing to find your own expression. But I don't think, I think every person, I think everyone can jump in the pool and have a swim. I don't know that everybody's called to be a swimmer. Right. Um, so I think, you know, if you're, if you're going to, if you're going to be a swimmer, 
then you're going to have to, and you're not good, you're going to have to get in the pool every day and work really, really hard. And so I think it comes down to, are you willing to do the work? You know, if, if you're a church that wants to write your own songs, well, then let's just make sure you're not writing terrible songs because right. I don't know that that's building anything or helping anybody. You know, I've found like that when that happens, sometimes like people can think they're a lot better than they are. Yeah. And that's not, not helpful to anyone. You know, I tend to be like the Simon Cowell of like church conferences because <laughs> I'll, I'll just I'll just tell people the truth, you know, because I think yeah. being being kind is better than being nice and sometimes kindness is saying it's not good, it needs work, you know, and it's tough when you you say to somebody like, hey, like it's not good, it needs work and here's what you could do and they disagree because they're like, well, my church loves me and my church thinks it's awesome. Right. And I'm like, yeah, but. But Christians are nice. No one's going to say you suck to your face. Like, you right. know, so I think as far as churches writing songs, if you want to write songs, then be great at it. You know, it's like, should every church like, you know, have, I don't know, have a college. I don't know. Right. Like if you're going to set up a college, make it a great one, you right. know, make it worthwhile. Like, it, I don't know if every church should have, I don't know, you know, think of whatever, right. you know, should every church have a cafe? I don't know if it's a terrible cafe, maybe not. Like, right. Right. Maybe I'll stop. Maybe I'll stop somewhere else on the way to church instead of drinking your terrible coffee. So right. I think it's about excellence. And I think it's about like, like, is this super necessary in the season we're in? Mm-hmm. That's so good. Oh my gosh. That's so good. All right. So how do you prepare for a songwriting session? Like you write a lot, like you write multiple times a week. And I do. Sometimes multiple times a day, different yes. sessions. And so, so how do you, how do you fill up so that you're not empty when you walk into those rooms? Well, I mean, I think everything comes down to your personal relationship with Jesus. And I know that we hear that a lot, but you know, there is, there is truth to as well. Like you will go through manifest seasons and then hidden seasons and like songs sound different in those seasons. So you kind of have to be become a bit of a greenhouse because like when the winter season hits, you want to still be able to grow fruit. Um, so one thing that I do is like I prepare like all the time. Like so mm-hmm. I have anything that feels like it could be a song. Like I have a page of notes in my phone that like probably has 1,300 different titles written wow. down so that that if I ever walk into a session and I feel like I have nothing to draw from, that's just never true. I've always got something to draw from. Yeah. So that's one one way that I prepare like really practically. The other way that I prepare practically is like if I think of a melody, I'll record it. Now, one thing that I would love to say to creatives is your creativity has to be organized if it's going to be productive mm-hmm. because nobody wants to sit in a session while you scroll back through 200 voice memos trying to find some little thing you hummed three years ago. Right. So one thing that I, that I do is I will always save the voice memo with like some kind of a, a theme or a title or like just make it clear what kind of idea it is. Even if it's like up-tempo song, you know, it could work in a worship setting or like yep. this song could be like a pop song for like a radio type situation. Yep. So that's one way that I prepared is, is number one is like, like I ask, I actually go into session saying, God, what, what do you want to say today? Or what, what is the, what is the thing on this person's life that like they carry? You know, I remember, um, writing with Chris Kalala for the first time and I'd, I'd never really like hung out with him or anything. And we were writing for the first time and I said, God, what is it that you've got? Like, what's the authority on Chris's life? And 
And I felt like God say to me, he has such a massive revelation of my love. And I was like, Mm. oh, cool. And I remember having this title saved and the title was fierce. And I'm telling you, titles can come from anywhere. You can take anything and make it like something like holy and something amazing. Like there's ideas everywhere. I remember actually hearing someone say, oh, that's so fierce. And I was like, I don't really know what that means. So I'm going to look up what fierce means. And one of the meanings was to intensely pursue. And I was like, that's so interesting. I never would have thought that that means that. But I'd saved the title. And then when I went to write with Chris and God had said to me, he has such a big revelation of my love. I was like, oh, I feel so prepared. I'm going to write a song called Fierce and it's going to be about the love of God. And uh, I remember getting into the session. I remember calling Josh Silverberg on the way because he was um, writing with us as well. And I said, hey, could you do up a track that feels mid-tempo? Because I feel like those are the hardest songs in the church to write. Right. And except, unless you're Phil Wickham and then you do it like brilliantly. In your day. sleep. In your yeah, sleep. Yeah, in your sleep. Yeah. Um, but I remember saying to him, like, can you do like, let's like aim for like something that's mid-tempo. Let's make it feel bright. La, la la. This is the idea. And then I remember getting to the session and we wrote the song in maybe like 35 minutes because we oh were gosh. so prepared. Right. So I, I think like if you're, if you're praying into it and you're organizing your creativity, you can't really go wrong. Yeah. So what about the songs that don't get finished? So you're in a session and you're like, you know, it's good. Like obviously the ones that are bad that don't mm-hmm. get finished, you're kind of happy they don't get finished. But the ones that are good that don't get finished, what do you do? Like, do you ever feel the pressure to to finish it yourself or to have someone else finish it? I'm just thinking there's a lot of churches that are probably finally getting that groove where they're, they write something good, but they don't get to finish it. How do you go back to that moment or how do you recapture that moment? Well, okay. I have got into a very big habit of never leaving until something's finished. Good. And I don't know that that's everybody's experience and I don't know that you get there over, overnight, but here's what I will say. If you half bake a cake and then come back to it in a couple of months time, it's probably not going to taste the same. So I'm pretty big about like strike while the iron is hot. So like if something is really good, somebody has to take responsibility for it. And if you feel strongly about it, then don't wait for somebody else to take responsibility for it. Be, be super intentional about booking another time to get it done. Be super intentional about going, you know what, like, you know, like I remember, okay, so here's, here's a good story. So we were, had written this song, Peace Be Still, and actually the song was, I'd started the song on the Sea of Galilee. So the song originally was called Galilee, um, and it said, um, help me to see everything surrounding me as Galilee. And that was the, the end of the, mm-hmm. the chorus. And I remember... Um, showing it to our pastor and he said, do you think everybody's going to get it? Because I know you've been to Galilee, but not everybody has and it's maybe too metaphorical. And I was like, oh, uh, yeah. So he had said, um, you should you should go back and edit that. And I was like, okay. And then I remember Hope and Andrew had said like, well, let's just wait on like, like doing a demo or anything. And I was like, no, let's not wait on doing a demo. Right. And I remember, I remember just going like, no, we're going to move while there's like momentum on this. So I, I remember doing the demo up and like and like basically texting with them as the demo is being done and saying, what about this? What about this? What about this? You know, because I think if you leave it for too long, sometimes you just lose steam on it and like, and then a new idea will come. I mean, everything that I have not finished while the, while the iron was hot has is still sitting in like an unfinished folder. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, tell, tell me a little bit 
like about the adaptation from being a solo songwriter. So like you're just used to like writing songs by yourself in your bedroom to going into a co-writing atmosphere. For some people, that's very intimidating. How do you help people get comfortable doing that? I, I wrote songs on my own for years. Like at Hillsong, I, I, almost every song I wrote was by myself. In the last probably 14 years, I haven't written a single song by myself. That's how much I believe in co-writing. Because um, there's, there's things I'm really, really good at and there's things I'm really, really not good at. So that, that, that I get to partner with somebody who is better at the things that I'm not good at and that I get to, my weaknesses become stronger because I'm around them. That's, mm-hmm. that's mind blowing to me. You know, like we ha- we hear people say all the time, work on your strength, like work on your weaknesses, work on your weaknesses. And I'm like, no, like work on your strengths. When it comes to creativity, work on your strengths and then partner yeah. with people that like, that teach you and help you with your weaknesses. So I think it, you're right though. It can be intimidating because you're like, I'm going in and I'm sharing my heart. I think you have to get out of the mentality that like you only have one song in you, mm-hmm. you know, because if you think you only have one song or two songs in you and you think there's that, that God has a limited supply of creativity, then you are going to be incredibly stingy and incredibly protective with your ideas. And that's not to say there's some ideas that you shouldn't like, you know, be a little bit precious about. But I think to get into the habit of like just being willing to, to put yourself out there and being willing to like partner with people and see what they bring and part of that as well is like just being being honest in the room and, and making sure that like you go in unoffended. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not personal if someone says that doesn't they don't like your melody, even though like it may feel incredibly personal to you because it's your personal idea from your personal experience. It's still not like it's still not them trying to have a go at you. And if right. you are partnering with people that are trying to have a go with you go at you then maybe find new writing partners right that's not the right person right yeah I think and you know you always have like you know it's not like I go into the a room every day and personality wise we're gelling all the time but I definitely have people that I that I work really well with and I tend to always be in a group of three so like it's always me someone I feel really comfortable writing with and have a history with writing with and then maybe a new person so that like it feels incredibly balanced and like you then as well have someone on your team as well. So I think just go in willing and, and it takes a while to find your people and that's okay. Yeah. It's a, every songwriting session is a chemistry experiment and you're seeing who you have chemistry with and who you don't. Yeah. And I definitely have synergy with certain people and that's why I write with them over and over and over again. Like if you look at the credits of a bunch of songs, you'll see, you know, the same writers writing together again and again because they found like their stride with those people. And I think, you know, in in your churches and in your world, there are those people. Like, please don't, please don't message Chris Tomlin on Instagram and ask to write a song with him if you don't know him because that's like very weird. The best place (laughs) to start is with people that you know, you know, people that like know your personality and people that you know, you've done life with people that have seen like your story, people know that know what your strengths are. You know, that's where I started. I started just writing songs with like the kids in my youth group after a Saturday night at youth, you know, and, mm-hmm. and that was the beginning of the journey. That's never really changed. It's always been out of relationship. Yeah, that's so good. So Mia, you're one of the people that I most admire. Um, Jackie and I talk about all the time how much 
like you're just a force right like Aww. and you have you have such revelation you're so like your character is so high you're so committed to 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 your faith and to just sharing jesus um how would you encourage a worship pastor who's in a place right now where they don't feel like they can keep going in their church here's what i would say your walk with god is far more important than what you do for God. And sometimes like we mistake what we're doing for God for our walk with God. If you're not finding joy in it anymore, then I would say it's an okay thing to like maybe reassess some things and and even like for a season just to sit. And you know, you can't always I think Martha probably lost a bunch of the joy that she had about Jesus because she was so busy doing for him, whereas Mary never lost the wonder because she was sitting at his feet. And I think you need both. If you're in a church where all you're doing is like having Martha moments, that's a problem. Um, The other thing that I would do if I felt like I couldn't keep going is I would go and talk to somebody. You know, I think worship leaders can have this false pressure that, you know, you have to have everything together. And don't get me wrong, I'm a massive, massive advocate of like, if you're not living it and you're not living holy, then probably don't be on the platform. But I, but holiness and perfection are two different things. Mm. And it's, you know, in our, in our church, we have a very healthy culture of like, if somebody's like having a rough season, then they have a space, a safe space to share about that. You know, and and if somebody needs to cover for them for a season, then that's okay. It's you know, it's not this thing where it's like you're being penalized because you didn't have it all together. It's this thing where you're being protected because like we don't want your heart to to lose the wonder. Oh, that's so so good. Um, if someone's working in a church right now that has lost the wonder, maybe they've maybe they've lost it themselves, or they mm-hmm. feel like their church is maybe in a season where the wonders kind of been pulled out. Mm-hmm. How, how would you, how would you coach them through getting the wonder back? I, I would say like, look back at all the, all the moments and, and, and go back, like remember, like go back and remember like the times that, that Jesus met you at your high school, go back and remember the times that Jesus met you when you were like at work, you know, flipping burgers, go back and remember the conversations you had at youth group, go, go back and remember like the times where you, where you were the first person on the altar. And, and I would say like, start to create those moments again by yourself in your bedroom. Like maybe, I don't know, maybe you're a worship leader and you've just had a baby and you just feel like life's chaos at the moment. And you feel like a bit overwhelmed, like ask God to step into those moments when you're feeding your baby, ask God to like, return to you the joy of your salvation you know i think sometimes we think we have to do all this stuff to like manufacture the wonder of god but he's so wonderful that the second that we ask him he really does come and meet us like the second that we say god i just i I need to feel that again he's so kind about just stepping into the room he's so kind about painting a rainbow he's so kind about reminding you of like the closeness that you, that you had with him and, and saying, I'm still right here. You know, he's so kind about speaking to your heart, you know? So I think if you're losing that wonder, then sometimes it's a good thing to, to, 
to just create some space and make some room and say, God, I feel like I've forgotten, but I'm making room again for you. So, so good. Um, I Normally we don't end an episode this way, but I just feel impressed that maybe we should this time. Would you be willing huh. to pray over the people that are listening right now? I would love to. I would love to. Okay. God, I just, I thank you, Lord, that God, even in the prophetic, God, we are in such a new season, God, Lord, just such new beginnings, God. And I just, right now, I speak that over every person that's listening, God, Lord, God, where they felt like things were coming to an ending, God, or maybe they were transitioning into something and it felt uncomfortable, God. I pray, God, that this new beginning, God, would return the wonder and the joy and the awe of knowing you to their life and to their world, God. And I just, I pray for fresh ideas, God. I pray for fresh sounds, God. I pray for fresh revelation. God, I even ask that you would release the prophetic God over people, that they would hear your voice like never before. And I just, I ask that this season would not just be new, God, but Lord, that it would be just so tender and just so full of you, God, where people would just be so amazed at who you are, God, that the songs and the sounds and the worship that comes out of it, God, will be such a reflection of that, not a reflection of chasing the next cool thing or trying to be relevant, God, but, Lord, that it would come from the revelation of knowing who you are. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Thank you for your time today, and thank you for coming on to, to everyone. It was, it was amazing. Of course. Love you so much. I don't know how you can leave that conversation without being challenged and inspired. Some of the things that Mia said to the, today on this podcast that really, um, really impacted me was um, to remember you're being a Jonathan and that you're serving and just the, the power of, of serving. And then um, the idea of never leaving till it's finished. I think a lot of us in the creative space, when we we have the idea and that's intoxicating and so we get like a, a a burst of energy around an idea and then we love finishing the idea and delivering the idea and letting people see the idea and sharing it but in between those two is the plateau and i think that powering through the plateau can really help you guys so write some of your best songs hope your best creative ideas um maybe even lead your best worship when you don't live in the plateau and you just fight through it and keep going until you're finished. I thought that was amazing. And then holiness and perfection are two separate things. Perfection can sometimes cripple us and holiness won't. And so be encouraged today that God's not looking for you to be perfect. He's just looking for you to be available. And so thanks for checking out our podcast today. Thank you for tuning in. This podcast means anything to you at all. I would love it if you would share it with one or two people. Maybe you could send them a text or post about it on social media. Tag us or um, maybe even just tell someone, hey, you need to go check out this podcast. It would mean the world to us. So thank you. We'll be back next week with another episode and I can't wait for you to hear it.